Section thirty five of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume four, by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jean Dofrio. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume four, translated by Richard Burton. Section thirty five. Three hundred and forty seventh night to three hundred and fiftieth night. When it was the three hundred and forty seventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Ibrahim, son of Almadi, continued. Now when the housemaster heard my name, he sprang to his feet and said, Indeed, I wondered that such gifts should belong to any but the like of thee, and fortune hath done me a good turn for which I cannot thank her too much. But happily, this is a dream, for how could I hope that one of the caliphate house should visit my humble home and carouse with me this night? I conjured him to be seated, so he sat down and began to question me as to the cause of my visit in the most courteous terms. So I told him the whole affair, first and last, hiding naught, and said to him, Now as to the food I have had my will, but of the hand and wrist I have still to win my wish quoth he, Thou shalt have thy desire of the hand and wrist also, inshallah. Then said he to the slave-girl, Ho, oh, such an one, bid such an one come down. And he called his slave-girls down, one by one, and showed them to me. But I saw not my mistress among them. And he said, O oh, my lord, there is none left save my mother and sister, but, by Allah, I must needs have them also down and show them to thee. So I marveled at his courtesy and large-heartedness, and said, May I be thy sacrifice, begin with the sister. And he answered, With joy and good will. So she came down, and he showed me her hand, and behold, she was the owner of the hand and wrist. Quoth I, Allah, make me thy ransom. This is the damsel whose hand and wrist I saw at the lattice. Then he sent his servants without stay or delay for witnesses, and bringing out two myriads of gold pieces, said to the witnesses, This our lord and master, Ibrahim, son of Almadi, paternal uncle of the commander of the faithful, seeketh in marriage my sister, such an one, and I call you to witness that I give her in wedlock to him, and that he hath settled upon her ten thousand dinars. And he said to me, I give thee my sister in marriage, at the portion aforesaid. I consent, answered I, and am herewith content. Whereupon he gave one of the bags to her and the other to the witnesses, and said to me, O our Lord, I desire to adorn a chamber for thee, where thou mayst sleep with thy wife. But I was abashed at his generosity, and was ashamed to lie with her in his house. So I said, Equip her and send her to my place. And by thy being, O commander of the faithful, he sent me with her such an equipage that my house, for all its greatness, was too straight to hold it. And I begot on her this boy that standeth in thy presence. Then Al-Mamun marveled at the man's generosity, and said, Gifted of Allah is he, never heard I of his like. And he bade Ibrahim bin al-Mahdi bring him to court, that he might see him. He brought him, and the caliph conversed with him and his wit and good breeding so pleased him that he made him one of his chief officers. And Allah is the giver, the bestower. Men also relate the tale of the woman whose hands were cut off for giving alms to the poor.
a certain king once made proclamation to the people of his realm, saying, If any of you give alms of aught, I will verily and assuredly cut off his hand. Wherefore all the people abstained from alms-deed, and none could give anything to anyone. Now it chanced that one day a beggar accosted a certain woman, and indeed hunger was sore upon him, and said to her, Give me an alms. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was three hundred and forty-eighth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that, quoth the beggar to the woman, Give me an alms, however small. But she answered him, How can I give thee aught, when the king cutteth off the hands of all who give alms? Then he said, I conjure thee by Allah Almighty, give me an alms. So when he adjured her by the holy name of Allah, she had ruth on him and gave him two scones. The king heard of this, whereupon he called her before him and cut off her hands, after which she returned to her house. Now it chanced after a while that the king said to his mother, I have a mind to take a wife, so do thou marry me to a fair woman. Quoth she, There is among our female slaves one who is unsurpassed in beauty, but she hath a grievous blemish. The king asked, What is that? And his mother answered, She hath had both her hands cut off. Said he, Let me see her. So she brought her to him, and he was ravished by her, and married her, and went in unto her, and begat upon her a son. Now this was the woman who had given two scones as an alms to the asker, and whose hands had been cut off therefore. And when the king married her, her fellow wives envied her, and wrote to the common husband that she was an unchaste, having just given birth to the boy. So he wrote to his mother, bidding her carry the woman into the desert, and leave her there. The old queen obeyed his commandment, and abandoned the woman and her son in the desert. Whereupon she fell to weeping for that which had befallen her, and wailing with exceeding sore wail. As she went along, she came to a river, and knelt down to drink, being overcome with excess of thirst, for fatigue of walking, and for grief. But as she bent her head, the child which was at her neck fell into the water. Then she sat weeping bitter tears for her child, and as she wept, behold, came up two men, who said to her, What maketh thee weep? Quoth she, I had a child at my neck, and he hath fallen into the water. They asked, Wilt thou that we bring him out to thee? And she answered, Yes. So they prayed to Almighty Allah, and the child came forth of the water to her, safe and sound. Then they said, Wilt thou that Allah restore thee thy hands as they were? Yes, replied she. Whereupon they prayed to Allah, Extolled and exalted be he. And her hands were restored to her, goodlier than before. Then said they, Knowest thou who we are? And she replied, Allah is all-knowing. And they said, We are thy two scones of bread which thou gayest an alms to the asker, and which were the cause of the cutting off of thy hands. So praise thou Allah Almighty, for that he hath restored to thee thy hands and thy child. Then she praised Almighty Allah, and glorified him. And men relate a tale of the devout Israelite. 
There was once a devout man of the children of Israel, whose family span cotton thread. And he used every day to sell the yarn and buy fresh cotton. And with the profit he laid in daily bread for his household. One morning he went out and sold the day's yarn as want, when there met him one of his brethren, who complained to him of need. So he gave him the price of the thread and returned empty-handed to his family, who said to him, Where is the cotton and the food? Quoth he, Such an one met me, and complained to me of want. Whereupon I gave him the price of the yarn. And they said, How shall we do? We have nothing to sell. Now they had a cracked trencher and a jar. So he took them to the bazaar, but none would buy them of him. However, presently, as he stood in the market, there passed by a man with a fish. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and forty-ninth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the man took the trencher and jar to the bazaar, but none would buy them of him. However, there presently passed by a man with a fish, which was so stinking and so swollen that none would buy it of him. And he said to the Jew, Wilt thou sell me thine unsaleable ware for mine? Yes, answered the Jew, and giving him the wooden trencher and jar, took the fish and carried it home to his family, who said, What shall we do with this fish? Quoth he, We will broil it and eat it, till it please Allah to provide bread for us. So they took it, and ripping open its belly, found therein a great pearl, and told the head of the household, who said, See ye if it be pierced, if so, it belongeth to someone of the folk. If not, tis a provision of Allah for us. So they examined it, and found it unpierced. Now when it was the morrow, the Jew carried it to one of his brethren, which was an expert in jewels. And the man asked, O such an one! Whence haddest thou this pearl? Whereto the Jew answered, It was a gift of Almighty Allah to us. And the other said, It is worth a thousand dirhams, and I will give thee that. But take it to such an one, for he hath more money and skill than I. So the Jew took it to the jeweler, who said, It is worth seventy thousand dirhams, and no more. Then he paid him that sum, and the Jew hired two porters to carry the money to his house. As he came to his door, a beggar accosted him, saying, Give me that of which Allah hath given thee. Quoth the Jew to the asker, But yesterday we were even as thou. Take thee half this money. So he made two parts of it, and each took his half. Then said the beggar, Take back thy money, and Allah bless and prosper thee in it. I am a messenger, whom thy Lord hath sent to try thee. Quoth the Jew, To Allah be the praise and the thanks and abode in all delight of life, he and his household, till death. And men recount this story of Abu Hassan al-Ziadi and the Khorasan. Quoth Abu Hassan al-Ziadi, I was once in straitened case, and so needy, that the grocer, the baker, and other tradesmen donned and importuned me. And my misery became extreme, for I knew of no resource, nor what to do. Things being on this wise, there came to me one day certain of my servants, and said to me, At the door is a pilgrim white, who seeketh admission to thee. Quoth I, Admit him. So he came in, and behold, he was a Khorasani. 
We exchanged salutations, and he said to me, Tell me, art thou Abu Hassan al-Ziadi? And I replied, Yes, what is thy wish? Quoth he, I am a stranger, and am minded to make the pilgrimage. But I have with me a great sum of money, which is burdensome to bear. So I wish to deposit these ten thousand dirhams with thee, whilst I make my pilgrimage, and return. If the caravan march back, and thou see me not, then know that I am dead, in which case the money is a gift from me to thee. But if I come back, it shall be mine. I answered, Be it as thou wilt, and thus please Allah Almighty. So he brought out a leather bag, and I said to the servant, Fetch the scales. And when he brought them, the man weighed out the money and handed it to me, after which he went his way. Then I called the purveyors and paid them my liabilities. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and fiftieth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that quoth Abu Hassan al-Ziyadi, I called the purveyors and paid them my liabilities and spent freely and amply, saying to myself, by the time he returns, Allah will have relieved me with one or other of the bounties he hath by him. However, on the very next day, the servant came in to me and said, Thy friend the Khorasan man is at the door. Admit him, answered I. So he came in and said to me, I had purposed to make the pilgrimage, but the news hath reached me of the decease of my father, and I have resolved to return. So give me the monies I deposited with thee yesterday. When I heard this, I was troubled and perplexed beyond measure of perplexity known to man, and wotted not what reply to make him. For, if I denied it, he would put me on my oath, and I should be disgraced in the world to come, whilst, if I told him that I had spent the money, he would make an outcry and dishonor me before men. So I said to him, Allah give thee health, this my house is no stronghold nor site of safe custody for this money. When I received thy leather bag, I sent it to one with whom it now is. So do thou return to us tomorrow and take thy money, inshallah. So he went away, and I passed the night in great concern, because of his return to me. Sleep visited me not, nor could I close my eyes. So I rose and bade the boy saddle me the she-mule. Answered he, O my lord, it is yet but the first third of the night, and indeed we have hardly had time to rest. I returned to my bed, but sleep was forbidden to me, and I ceased not to awaken the boy. And he to put me off, till break of day, when he saddled me the mule, and I mounted and rode out, not knowing whither to go. I threw the reins on the mule's shoulder, and gave myself up to regrets and melancholy thoughts, whilst she fared on with me to the eastward of Baghdad. Presently, as I went along, behold, I saw a number of people approaching me, and turned aside into another path to avoid them. But seeing that I wore a turbaned in preacher fashion, they followed me, and hastening up to me, said, Knowest thou the lodging of Abu Hassan al-Ziadi? I am he, answered I. And they rejoined, Obey the summons of the commander of the faithful. Then they carried me before al-Mamun, who said to me, Who art thou? Quoth I, an associate of the Kazi Abu Yusuf, and a doctor of the law and traditions. Asked the caliph, By what surname art thou known? And I answered, Abu Hassan al-Ziadi. 
Whereupon, quoth he, Expound to me thy case. So I recounted to him my case, and he wept sore, and said to me, Out on thee, the apostle of Allah, whom Allah bless and assain, would not let me sleep this night because of thee, for in early darkness he appeared to me and said, Succor Abu Hassan al-Ziyadi, whereupon I awoke, and, knowing thee not, went to sleep again. But he came to me a second time and said to me, Woe to thee, Sakr Abu Hassan al-Ziyadi. I awoke a second time, but knowing thee not, I went to sleep again. And he came to me a third time, and still I knew thee not, and went to sleep again. Then he came to me once more and said, Out on thee, Sakr Abu Hassan al-Ziyadi. After that I dared not sleep any more, but watched the rest of the night, and aroused my people, and sent them on all sides in quest of thee. Then he gave me one myriad of dirhams, saying, this is for the Khorasani, and other ten thousand, saying, Spend freely of this, and amend thy case therewith, and set thine affairs in order. Moreover, he presented me with thirty thousand dirhams, saying, Furnish thyself with this, and when the procession day is being kept, come thou to me, that I may invest thee with some office. So I went forth from him with the money, and returned home, where I prayed the dawn prayer, and behold, presently came the Khorasani. So I carried him into the house, and brought out to him one myriad of dirhams, saying, Here is thy money. Quoth he, It is not my very money, how cometh this? So I told him the whole story, and he wept, and said, By Allah, hadst thou told me the fact at first? I had not pressed thee. And now, by Allah, I will not accept aught of this money. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 35